else's mouth. And not only that, we release the power of God through our speech. Amen. So that's why we do that. That's why we do that. Okay, so this morning, this morning we're going to, uh, I entitled this message, Soldiers and Civilians. Soldiers and Civilians. We're in the, the love month. I'm supposed to be doing marriage stuff, but I can't do it right now. Okay? So the, the guys will take over this weekend. This is what God put in my heart. Right? And I have to roll what God put in my heart. Now, this can be applied to marriage because oftentimes, um, in a marriage, you have one person that is really going all out for God and the other person is being drugged along for the journey a lot of times. But marriage is something that needs to be done together. Both people need to be on the same page uh, as it pertains to the effort that they're going to give uh, to the things of God. All right. The Bible talks about I guess we can a little bit, you know, do some marriage stuff with it. So he says, uh, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so uh, a lot of times in marriage, we determine uh, who we're going to join with on life's uh, marital journey by uh, how uh, sexy we think the other one is. Uh-oh. Right. So we think the other one's hot and attractive. Right. Then, you know, uh, well, hey, that's the one for me. You know, it don't it don't matter that they the devil, you know, three or four times a week, you know, but they're attractive. So I'll put up with it. The devil. No, that's that should be a message right there. Pastor Eli, write that one down. I will put up with the devil if they're attractive enough. Amen. A lot of times people do that. You know, we're going to do a uh, a series in March on friendships and, in, and relationships. And so uh, maybe we'll get to that one. Right. How to pick the right friends. Right. You don't just pick them because they cool. Right. So, again, uh your spouse, you and your spouse have to be on the same page, and I don't see enough of spouses on the same page as it pertains to the pursuit of God, all right? As it pertains to the pursuit of God. Everybody needs to be on the same page. Everybody needs to be up. Now, uh, who is that? Ananias and Sapphira, right, was a married couple, and both of them got in trouble, not just one of them, right? So both of them got in trouble. We know the story uh, to where they were disobedient. They were lying. And both of them got in trouble, right? So the, the, they was, the, the offense was serious enough. I don't think it was just the money. I think it was something else. But the offense was serious enough for them both to drop dead. So we look at uh, couples in the Bible. You know, you look at uh, David had a wife at one time, right? And so uh, it says that uh, David was dancing, you know, till his clothes came off. He was praising the Lord, right? Now, we don't, we don't want nobody in here stripping. We, we, you know, we're doing the worship. Just, if you get excited, just clap your hands or, or say hallelujah, right? So I, I don't know what kind of clothes they wore, but he, I'm sure he didn't take them off on purpose. He just was with his praise. You could go to some churches and people get the praise and, and the wig jump off or something like that. You know, just being in that environment, right? Hats or whatever, jewelry flying, you know, teeth come out. But, um, so, you know, so, but the wife, she was upset. Because David was praising so hard, and she told him, she said, you know, basically you're making a fool out of yourself, why are you acting like that, right? And uh, so they wasn't on the same page. He had this extreme love for God, right? But she wasn't on the same page. So we need to be on the same page in our pursuits and our love for God. We need to be on the same page as a team. It don't, it's not just about now, that don't mean that everybody's going to be the same. That One may be very outspoken <clears throat> in their, their the way they convey and the way they they uh, uh, you see them deal with God. And the other one may be very 
uh, quiet. That doesn't mean that the fire don't burn as hot in the quiet one as it does in the loud one. Okay. So that doesn't mean that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about dedication. We're talking about surrender. We're talking about, uh, uh, the seriousness of the relationship with God. Couples need to be on the same page. Why, why are we, uh, uh, thank you, Lord. You're awesome. You know, why, why is that? All right. So, cause when it comes time to sacrifice, right? When it comes down to make a sacrifice, if, if my money and her money is the same, if my time is her time, if I am hers and she is mine, then my decisions that I make do matter, right? To her, right? She's affected by my decisions. So let's say that, you know, here I am again, uh, very passionate about the things of God. I am a soldier. I'm not a civilian, right? I'm a soldier, and I'm, that means I'm, my dedication to God goes past normal dedication. And if she's, you know, civilian, you know, boarding one foot in, one foot out, even out of the kingdom, that's not going, it's not going to work right, right? So the two people have to be together. The Bible says that two are better than one. When one falls, the other one can uh, help them up. The Bible says where one will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand. So unit, unity, uh, it brings exponential growth. It has exponential power connected to it. It's not just, you know, uh, just us together. No, it's like, man, it's multiplied, right? Amen. When the two get on the same page. Right. And so, as when we, so when we ministered to these things, again, I told you that I think that uh, up to this point, some things were, were birthed, and now we're in the building process. So once the thing gets born, I got, you know, first it was all about the pregnancy, right? We got to bring it to life. So after the pregnancy, I got to feed you. I got to get you strong. We need to get you to crawl, walk. Your first teeth got to come out. All of that kind of get you off the bottle, get you on some solid foods. Mama, dada, you know, uh, you know, say ABCs. You know, can you count one plus one is two? You know, put your own clothes on, you know, uh, get off the bottle, get off the diapers. Let's get you in school, your first day of school. You know, you learn your timetable. It's, so there's growth that has to happen right. after the, the birth. Amen. So the birth is difficult enough going through the whole pregnancy time and even the time when, when the thing's being born. And then, uh, you know, you got to take the kids on for the rest of, rest of your life, you know, and, and everything that that involves. So. Again, I believe that's where we are. So we have to learn, again, strong emphasis on couples here in the church. But I, again, I, I feel like the Lord gave me these things to teach when we would usually be just talking about, you know, sweetheart stuff. You know, I think sometimes we get too full of chocolate, everybody gets sick. Amen. You get too full of chocolate. So, I mean, in my marriage, it ain't all about chocolate. Maybe in, in Valentine's Day, but I didn't have some big fights on Valentine's Day. All right. And so uh, I tell people when they get married. I say to him, I give him my card. That's one of the only time when I do a wedding, I got a card in my pocket. Maybe because I use the same suit and I just keep them <laughs> cards in that. Maybe that's what it is. But I always got a card when I do a wedding and I give it to him. I say, look, now when y'all start squabbling, give me a call. <laughs> On the wedding day, after a few minutes, even before they take the pictures, I give it to him because that's the reality of marriage is that you're not going to always get along. Right. So you got some people, happy people spend, you know, these Hollywood couples will spend million dollars on a wedding, you know, a couple million dollars. And they got everybody there taking pictures and the wedding dress and the ring. They got it from some Asian guy. You know, the Asian guys make the rings and you can't even pronounce their name. The fashion designer ring. Right. And so our whole outfit, what are you wearing and taking pictures and all this kind of stuff. And two or three years later, they, you know, back in the, the same tabloid that took the wedding pictures is announcing there's friction in the relationship and they about to separate. Right. So. Because there's not enough emphasis put on the actual working of the relationship. Right? Pastor Lori and I are together all the time. We work together, you know, uh, which has been something that's not easy for us to do. Right? Because both of us are passionate. I have a way of doing things. She has a way of doing things. 
And so uh, sometimes there's friction. Now, once we walk away from the work environment, it's like a fairy tale relationship. <laughs> we hold hands and, and all of that stuff gone or whatever. But there's one thing that I know about her and she knows about me. Both of us are passionate about our service to God. And we're both soldiers, right? And so, uh, the, but the reality of things is marriage ain't always smooth. But if the two people are on the same page, you're going to decide what you're going to be. If you're going to be radical for God, you're going to do things for God, you're going to be radical together. Right. Yeah. Amen. It's, it takes two of us. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this thing together, right? Um, gosh, do I want to do that right now? God, can, can I do it without doing that? Yeah, I'm going to go there. All right, oftentimes, now watch this. Civilians versus soldiers, right? Oftentimes, soldiers are sent off on deployments. We watched a movie last night called Hunter Killer, right? It's a submarine, a specific type of submarine. And so these guys uh, were talking about, they give you some insight on submarine life as a soldier and how they spend months under the water in a submarine, right? So you, you have a sailor and he's going off and he's underneath the water, can't really communicate with his spouse. And a lot of young couples that go into the military, uh, a lot of those marriages get in trouble because of infidelity, right? Because the soldier's off serving the country, and the other one, whether it's the man or the woman, is back at home enjoying the privileges of being a civilian with somebody else other than their soldier. Right? That happened? Anybody ever heard of something like that happening? Right? So everybody, everybody ain't in the mindset of service. And so one of them is in, over enjoying the privileges of being a civilian with, with somebody else. That happens. Now, you have to have the mindset of that whether my serviceman is off, if my serviceman is off serving the country, I'm at home serving over here. So I'm not involved in foolishness, right, while I'm over here. Two people got to be on the same page, right? We got to be, and that takes effort. Because there's always something trying to come between you and your spouse. And his name is the devil, Right. And so how does he come? He comes. He comes through thoughts. He comes through people. But he's always trying to penetrate. He's always trying to get in. He's always trying to divide. And so that's why everybody got to be on the same page. Right. Everybody got to be on the same page. Mentally, we both we're going to serve God. We're going to be that together. Right. Because the, the devil. Listen, the devil can take down my house through my wife. He can take down my whole house through me. Right? So they only need one to gain access. If both of us got keys, then either one of them can let him in, right? Hallelujah. Either one of us can let him in. So he don't care who he gets into the house through, he just wants to destroy the house. Because he hates everything that looks like God. Yeah. He wants to tear it up. That's why everybody got to be on the same page. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Everybody got to be on the same page. Got to be doing this together. We got to be uh, have a, 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 a fiery hot relationship with God together. Mm-hmm. Amen? Because it's so much of, of what happens to one affects the other one. And if one of them is lukewarm for God, there's an opportunity for that lukewarmness to cause something to, to, to break down the relationship or whatever service that you're involved in with God. Yeah. I want to read something to you right now. Uh, I'm going to start in 1 Timothy just to kind of, to, and I want to see, I want you to see some of the terms that Paul uses when he's talking to his young soldier. Right. And so uh, a lot of times we don't we don't understand, nor do we equate how many references are written in the Bible to the people who serve God as soldiers. Right. We don't we don't we don't pick up on that. We what we want to pick up on is that we saved by grace through faith. Doesn't matter that it took a soldier to bring you that salvation. 
Don't matter. We forget about it. It took a soldier. It took a soldier who said, I don't follow my own orders. I follow the orders of the head of the kingdom, which is my father. So a soldier brought you salvation. His name was Jesus. Right? If you look at Jesus and how he served, you look at what he did, where he went, uh, everything that he endured, only a soldier, a selfless individual is going to go through something like that on the behalf of people that he don't even know or people don't respect him or don't even care about him. It takes a soldier to make something like that happen. <laughs> right? So, so, so here's Paul, uh, a gentleman that is, uh, greatly responsible for most of what we read and what we know in the New Testament of, as church people. Paul wrote this. So let's look at how he's talking to his young soldier, Timothy, here. And I'm gonna start in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Se- 2 Timothy chapter 1. Right? And then we're gonna go over to chapter 2. So we'll read a little bit. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let me find another version too, easier. Okay. Um, it says this. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity. Continue to help me to say what needs to be said. Uh, and then open their ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul, an apostle, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. All right. So this is a youngster. He says, look, you're new to the things of God. And so here uh, we have to really if somebody's new in something, the words that you say to them at that time are really important. You have to take note of what they say to somebody who's new on a journey. Right. So he said, a beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God, uh, the father and Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says, I thank God whom I serve. With a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Now he's talking about people beforehand, the service of people who have come before him, right? And look at the word that he's using. He says, as I serve God. I remember my grandmother used to always talk about a person who was in the military. She wouldn't say they're in the military. She wouldn't say they're in the army. She wouldn't say they're in the Air Force, the Marines, or the Navy. She would say they're in the service, right? He, he went to the service. Right? Why? Because they're serving the people of the United States of America. They're going in your place to fight a battle that that, is a, that affects everybody. Yeah. Right? So he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day and greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother look at him talking about his grandmother grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I am persuaded in, is in you also therefore I remind you to stir up the gift which is on uh, which is in you through the laying on of hands for God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind so he's talking to his young soldier encouraging him not to be afraid why is he encouraging his young soldier not to be afraid because obviously he's going to face something that could make him fear Right, so he's preparing him ahead of time. Uh, verse 8. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us uh, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which is appointed to which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. 
For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed him unto this day. So here's Paul writing a letter as a prisoner saying that I am a servant, that I am a prisoner to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's more to my Christianity than me feeling good. There's more to my Christianity than when I don't just serve God when it's fun at church. I serve God because there is the need to spread the gospel. This is how he's talking to his young soldier, his young man. The, The importance of the gospel. I suffer on behalf of the gospel. It's not just fun and games, right? So, so listen, sometimes we're going to have a, a Valentine's party for the couples. We're going to laugh. We're going to have Super Bowl parties. We're going to go out to eat and laugh and, and have a belly laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, some, but sometimes there's going to be soldiering involved. Yeah, yeah. But you got some people that are in the kingdom of God that are t- totally 100% lose interest when it's not about laughing. The laughing is a secondary thing. The soldier does not join the military to laugh. He joins the military to serve. Now when they're off, right? You talk to somebody who was in Vietnam or in some type of war. They'll tell you that they're in the midst of bullets whizzing by and bombs going off. They was telling jokes. They had some good times. Right, they'll tell you that. That's, that there were some times in the midst of their service that they had him, they had to encourage a friend who was upset about missing his loved one back at home. They'll tell you that it wasn't all about uh, the actual activity of fighting all the time, right? But the, but the, 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 these things happen as a result of them being over there in the war. I can't tell you the reason why I'm standing in front of you right now is because I, I encountered some soldiers when I went to church. And I keep telling the story about these two old men, right? 70-something-year-old guys. And if them guys took me and I was just 20-something, you know, 70-something-year-old white guys, I'm young black guy, criminal, right? And, but I'm going to church because I want to get back in the house. But because of their dedication to God, they, 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 they stepped up and they told me about God. They, they looked past whatever they thought that I was and they ministered to me, right? And that made an impact on me. And so all of my life, in my service to God, I've encountered people who were soldiers in the kingdom of God, and, and it just stuck with me. And I understood this. The first guys that discipled me made that example for me, that it's about the kingdom of God at first, and then a second. But what, what's happened with churches, and, I, and it hurts my heart that I see people that I, even folks that I know, that, that uh, they have to make such a, a uh, okay, what's a good word? They have to go to such great lengths to get people to come to church and engage in church. Yes. I'm not talking about people that are unchurched. I'm talking about their own members. Yeah. And I talked to one of them. He said, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it exciting. I'm just trying to keep it exciting so the people can come. Oh, he said. But, but I'm not mad at him. It's a lot of preachers that feel like they have to do that. You understand the pressure that can be on the preacher? Oh, man, it's men's pressure. Because you are the financial, I mean, the, the primary responsibility of the folks of con- getting the folks to congregate. And so what happens when you got, you know, some folks in there, a few folks don't show up, they looking at the preacher. I guess they don't like it. I guess they don't like him. No, it's not about them not liking church or not liking him. It's the folks' dedication to the word of God. But they're going to put that on my back. But see, I just let it roll off. Don't put it on me. 
You get out of it what you put into it. Come on now. Amen. Because I'm going to be here standing, whether I'm here standing or I'm somewhere else serving, doing something. I'm a, I'm a good example. I'm a good example. I'll say that. I'll pat my own self on the back. I don't need you to do it. I know how hard I work for the Lord. Right? I want to be an example to my soldiers that are around me. I'm not perfect. I don't know it all, but I'm a good example. Right? And so, uh, so it's not on the preacher. So the preachers are having to do tricks. And so sometimes he's the preacher, but then other times he's the, he's the ringmaster at the circus. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lady said to me one time, this is your circus and these are your monkeys. I guess that's how she saw it. Right? Uh, but sometimes you can put it like that. You can, you know, the ring, the pastor has to be the ringmaster. You know, hey, listen, next Sunday, we're going to have uh, 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 juggling giraffes in here, right? And make sure you don't miss out. Make sure you're here because we're going to have a juggling giraffe. And these ain't just regular giraffes. They're all pink. <laughs> With blue stripes, right? So no other, listen, watch this, watch this, watch me, watch me sell it. Watch me sell it, Sister Alice. No other church. You heard that, Russell? No other church has these pink giraffes with the blue stripes that juggle. Only you can get that here at Cross Church. And, and for the youth, we will have pizza. What kind you like, young man? All right. So you have to be doing that kind of stuff, right? Because they under immense pressure. Why well, they need you to show up? Because they under number one, they need the kingdom of God to go forth. Right? They need, God needs to train soldiers and uh, more people can reach, if more people you got that's full of fire, they can start fires. Right? They can reach other people. And man, you need to support the, 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 the financial stuff comes into play too. So you laid up at home talking about, make any little cute excuse for you not to show up. Shoot, my big toe hurt. You think what, you think what a call the pastor? We can't, we can't go. What happened to your big toe? I don't know. It's got a cramp. I can't go. I can't make it. Wherever we can't make it, my big toe is cramping. And they'll call me and tell me my big toe cramping. I can't come. And I, and I, I want them to say, I just don't say nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it sounds ridiculous. Okay. Now, sometimes you can't make it. I always tell you that. You can't make it. You can't make it. For real. But only you know. I can't judge what you got going on. Only you know what you got going on. You got to work, you hurting, really, something, family, whatever, vacation, everybody need to go on vacation. I'm not telling you, shoot, uh, I know some churches are like that, shoot, man, we got to catch a plane, because we got to be in church tomorrow. You know, hey, man, you're on vacation, you're on vacation, do what you do, right? You get out of it what you put into it, that's all I'm saying, okay? And so, uh, there, there's pressure, there's pressure. Because, the, the, you know, it's, it's a tough job of trying to lead people. But it can't be about that. It can't be about that. Because I don't read. Uh, this, dude is in, this dude is not at the circus. He is locked up. Yeah. He's in prison. What they put him in prison for? For preaching the gospel? He didn't cheat the people out of circus tickets. <laughs> and sell more seats to the circus than they had room for. Uh-oh. They put a man in jail for preaching the gospel. Right, so when we when we read the Bible and look at the service of the saints, we see that, that these people are working for Jesus. They they love Jesus, they work for Jesus. And not only this, he said, listen, he talked about his forefathers, people that have gone before him. One of the reasons that I work with the intensity that I work at is that I respect 
the labor of the people who were here before me. I respect that. I may not mention it all the time, but I, in my heart, I respect it. The people that formed this church in 1937, this building was not here. But faith built this building. Faith built this house that we're all enjoying. We have, listen, we have yet to go through a sacrificial building fund. But they did. We are benefiting from what they did before we got here. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, on behalf of the next generation, what are we willing to sacrifice? But a lot of times we're not willing to sacrifice nothing. Right? This is the sad state of the church. I'm not picking on us, but can I just tell the truth? I'm not talking about cross church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We don't want to sacrifice nothing. We just want it to be nice. Man, it's, it's nice. No, if it's nice because somebody sacrificed. That's right. Right? When you're a kid, you understand. Well, you don't understand. when his child is not to respect sacrifice. Kid get up and talk crazy to you, right? Kid talk crazy to you while they eating your food. I don't like this. We always eating this. Can we get something else? Steady shoveling it in their mouth. How much did you pay for that spaghetti, Jim? How much did you pay? When the last time you put an offering on dinner on the refrigerator? I ain't, I, I, what, you supposed to look after me. Oh. Okay. So we don't like it when the kids tell us that and we, why we act like that at church. We just, you know. Oh. I, I feel it this morning. I'm going to mess with some folks. <laughs> so listen. Miss Judy's supposed to be in the nursery. Because she's supposed to be in there. Miss Judy, that's what she do. She, she's supposed to go. I don't supposed to go. Miss Judy's supposed to go. Pastor Amelia, she's supposed to be across the street. She's supposed to. She's supposed to. She's supposed to. You know. Pastor Levi, all, all the other the associate pastors, they were supposed to spend them 16, 18 hours a day up in fat floors to get that thing open. They were supposed to do that. They were supposed to. Well, Russell and, and Mary come through and and, and decorate the whole place. They were supposed to do that. Brother Cooper, he's supposed to. Come up here and move stuff around and fix anything that happens in the building. He's supposed to do it. He's supposed to do it. I know supposed to do it. That's the mindset and attitude of a soldier. You do what's got to be done. And I'm telling you that the people, Ms. Marceline, the Thomases, people that are not here, some of them have going on the glory. And I, they, 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 they didn't do everything because they wanted to do it. They, they, they did it because it had to be done. I don't never have, Miss Marceline, every time it's communion, I literally, I don't forgot that I got so much other stuff going on. Miss Marceline gonna hit me and she gonna say one of two things. Communion this morning? Question mark. Or pastor, uh, I'm not feeling well. I'm not going to be able to make it. And you know what Miss Marceline says? She's not feeling well. She's not going to be able to make it. You want to know what happens? What she, she's in the hospital. Yeah. Almost on life support. When she can't make it. And so then she won't tell you really what's happening. You have to dig into it. Well, hey, uh, why you didn't tell us she was in the hospital? 
I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to worry you. Now, you need to tell somebody that one. This is more than you can't do communion. Right? So, so the mindset of a soldier is different. Listen, I'm not messing with you if this is not your mind. I want to teach you. Yeah. I want you to learn because let me tell you what we, what could be done if people, if everybody just do what they're supposed to do. Amen. Now, soldiers get leave. Yeah. Right? They get leave. They get to go off and, and have personal time. And my son's a soldier. He's over in, uh, in Italy somewhere. Right? But he spent three years in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Before they sent him to Italy. Right? So he gets over to Italy. He got out to Cheyenne and he wanted to come see his people. He wanted to come see his mom and dad. But he couldn't come. He couldn't come because he don't get the opportunity to tell them when he wants to come home and when he, you know, when he, what he wants to do. That's not him. They tell him when he can have leave. Right? You had a son that was in the military, in the service. Right. And so sometimes they're off their way and they can't do what what they want to do. Right. Because they are under the submission of the government. They're under the submission of the government. The government says, listen, the government signs the paper that says you're going to war or not. The soldiers don't get to pick the opportunity whether they're going to war or not. And let me tell you something. The government signs the paper to send to war knowing, listen, listen to this, knowing that some of those soldiers are not going to return to their families. Oh, I got to just stop here for a minute. Have you ever just thought about a soldier? United States military. You ever thought about that? Today, most of the United States and and around the world, we're going to watch the Super Bowl game. We're going to have hot wings, buffalo wings, whatever, no, barbecue wings, meatballs, Hot dogs, barbecue, celebrate, Budweiser, all this kind of stuff going on. We folks get drunk and their team's still going to lose. They're going to be partying. And they're going to they're run a couple of commercials for the soldiers. They're going to fly some airplanes. They're gonna, you know what they're going to do? Listen, they, they, what they're going to do is they're going to stand there and they're going to sing the national anthem. They're going to have some soldiers in attendance to hold the flags. That's, that's as much credit as the soldiers are going to get today. And the soldiers are going to be somewhere else. They might get to get, if they're off duty, now if you got to pull duty, you ain't getting to watch the Super Bowl. I don't care how upset you are about it. Because that's what a soldier If it were up to me, now watch this, listen to me the whole way through. If it was up to me, a soldier would be the highest paid individual that there is. They would have the best benefits of anybody if it was up to me. But if they let me do that, they would no longer be a soldier. Because the, the, the heart of what a soldier is, is selflessness for other people. That's the heart of what a soldier is. So if I spoil them and make a millionaire, there's no longer a soldier now. Do you know that they have soldiers in these other countries, Iraq, Afghanistan, these other places, oh, not Afghanistan, too much fighting going over there. But these outlying areas in the Middle East where you have companies that are over there making millions, dudes are getting rich, and our soldiers that don't make nothing are guarding them while they make, make their money. Yeah. And the soldier's guarding them with a smile on his face, a gun in his hand and a smile in his face. 
They sit down and have a conversation. The guy talks about his family, how he lives, and this, that, and the other. That soldier can't say that. He's trying to pay his bills. But he's guarding this rich guy. And soldiers know, listen, I'm a, I'm a gun guy. I have guns. I know what guns will do. It's, it's something to hold, and I don't believe everybody should have guns. But it's something to hold a gun in your hand. It's a responsibility. You know that that little thing, if I had a bullet and I, I could throw it up and down, I could throw it at that chair. When you put that bullet inside of that gun, and that thing ejects, that cartridge ejects, and that piece of metal starts flying that fast, it can put a hole in somebody and shut their life down. That, and that soldier's walking around every day holding that gun, knowing that at a certain point, I could put a hole in somebody, or somebody could put a hole in me. That's the life of a soldier. When, they, when, when Listen, when they drop them into wherever they're going, then they say, listen, we're going to fight whoever it is on behalf of the country. That soldier knows I might not come back today. Why do they do it? A lot of people don't go because they don't want to make that sacrifice. Man, I'm not going. I'm not going over there. But you enjoy the benefits of the soldier risking his life. Am I, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? I'm making an example of two different things. Two, one group of people that should be greatly respected. Military armed service should be greatly respected about their sacrifice. But I want you to understand that's what being a soldier looks like. So you're going to let a person go into a battle. Listen, church people, go into a battle realizing that because of gunfire or explosions or roadside bombs or something like that, they may never go back home from this foreign country alive, but you won't work in the nursery. Come on. I'm just using nursery for example. Don't, don't feel like you're under heat for the nursery. You won't make sacrifices for the kingdom of God, but you'll allow other people to make sacrifices for you. The Christianity, the kingdom of God, to a degree, and a mindset of Christians is broken. Because we don't understand the sacrifices of people that have been made for us. I'm going to finish with this. I told y'all 30 minutes and I got to wrap with this. I can shut this whole thing down with one soldier story. One soldier story. Jesus Christ, when he was 12 years old. They left him behind at the temple. And his folks went a few days' journey. They had to come back and get him. And when he got back, he was inside of the temple with the other soldiers. At 12 years old. Understanding and knowing what his life was all about. Why he came here. He followed the course of his life. He announced to the people. He said, you destroy this temple and three days later, they'll raise it back up. He said, the son of man must suffer Many things. He got in the garden and he was sweating drops of blood, knowing what he was going to have to do. But he went through it anyway. So what does that what does that cross on your your chain mean? What's that Christian T-shirt mean to you? This was the great. Listen, people want Jesus was the Messiah. He was our savior. But he was a few other things, too. He was evangelist. He was a preacher and he was a soldier. He understood 
that him going to the cross and dying on the cross, right? He understood he was going to die. He understood they was going to beat him, beat the meat off his back. He understood that. But that's what soldiers do. On behalf of other people, they lay down their life. No greater love have no man than they lay down their life for their friend. They lay down their life for their friend. Jesus set an example for us of how we are supposed to live. He said to love not your lives on the death. Now, we're not in another country. We're not even, there's missionaries being locked up for preaching still today in other countries. Ain't none of that happening for us. We're over here squabbling about paying tithes. We're squabbling about helping out in different departments of the church. We're squabbling about doing outreach. We're squabbling about talking to your coworker about Jesus and not being ashamed, being afraid. We're squabbling about not standing up as a Christian when everybody else around you is acting crazy. Those are the things that we're fighting about in our mind. Selfless activity is the mindset of a soldier. I got to read this to you. Because I told you that's what Paul did with Timothy. Watch this. Three verses. So you, my son, he's still talking to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two. This is the last thing I'm going to read. Stand up. You can stand up on this. Guarantee I'll quit talking. Go ahead and stand up. Second Timothy chapter two. Watch what he says. He says, so you, my son, be strong, strengthened inwardly in the grace, spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. So he's still going on from chapter one, giving him more instructions. And the instructions... This is the Amplified Classic Version I'm reading out of now. And the instructions which you have heard from me along with witnesses, transmit and entrust, right? So he's telling him to do the same thing I'm doing with y'all this morning. Transmit it, convert, tell it to the other people. Transmit and entrust as a deposit to a reliable and faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach others also. Take with me your share of the hardships and sufferings which you are called to endure as a good first class soldier of Jesus Christ. So could he be calling him private first class? Brother Cooper, maybe. No, no. He says first class soldier. First class. This is Paul told Soldier? This is how you behave. I'm talking to you to teach you how to behave as a kingdom soldier. Yeah, man. Because this is who we are. We, we follow an example of the, the original soldier, Jesus Christ. Watch how he goes on. Take what, well, verse 3 again. Take with me your share of the hardships and the suffering. Why? What soldiers, they suffer. Sometimes not their whole life. Some people got it all backwards. Not your whole life, but sometimes you're going to be inconvenienced. Which you are called to endure as a, uh, as a good first class soldier of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Watch this. Listen, 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 listen. Verse four. No soldier. Somebody say no soldier. No, no soldier. When in service gets entangled with the, with, with entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. No soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and to please the one who enlisted him. No soldier gets entangled with the enterprises of civilian life. 
What does that mean? That means that you don't get so wrapped up in what everybody else got going on that you put that in front of the kingdom of God. Amen. No soldier. No soldier. No soldier puts anything in front of the kingdom of God. No soldier. Again, we're not talking about, we, this is not cult conversation to where you go around like a robot, you know, in church two, three hours before and it's all this. No, we're talking about a mindset. A love is really what we're talking about. We're talking about a love for God that you put him first. Amen. Amen. But you have to talk this kind of talk to shake folks to come from a place, a place of complacency mm-hmm. and unfaithfulness to God. Understand what he's saying. He talks to us like we soldiers. That's what you are. You enlisted in the army of God. Amen. We are an army. Amen. Now you tell me what's the main purpose of an army. Armies fight. I'm not telling you go get your gun and start shooting up. This is not a cult. <laughs> Spiritual warfare. We're fighting for the souls of individuals. What is that all about? I want to see people get saved. I want to see people get set free. I want to see people find their purpose. And we want to see people uh, uh, begin to do the same to other people as they got it. If you got it, actually put it on the screen. That's what we want to see. But it, it, it requires a level of seriousness, a, a mindset of uh, being more than just being casual. I could go on and on and on with examples of, of him talking about the dedication that we're supposed to face our kingdom life with. Soldiers don't get tired of, uh, uh, well, they do get tired. They don't get to quit. I don't want to be over here in Iraq no more. I'm going home. That's called going AWOL. I'm done, man. Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, you can move. 